serve it up to the whiskey run dry. You take your sugar and take and your And welcome, sweets. everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave. Dave Stevens. I'm Tony Pervenanzi. David Sterling is on a date tonight with his wife for her birthday. They're going to some new Mexican restaurant and tequila bar down in Fort Myers somewhere. So hopefully they're having a good time right now. Hopefully they've had a couple of tequila shots and are enjoying some uh, street tacos or whatever they're eating. I don't know. Sounds uh, sound delicious. And of course, this is certainly one of the better excuses David has had for missing a podcast. So that's true. I hope they're that's true. I mean, 100%. I mean, I hope they're out having a great evening and I'm, I'm sure they are at this point. So that's yeah, good. So we, it'll be just you and I, and we'll carry this one tonight. Ready for it. Oh, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll carry on. We won't, uh, won't be miss. Well, we'll miss Dave. David's of course, his analysis of everything that happened last night. Yeah. But uh, of course today is Monday We're recording this on Monday because the game was last night. It was a Sunday night game due to the fact that we had the, Final Leagues Cup on Saturday, which was Nashville versus uh, Barca Miami. And mm-hmm. uh, Barca Miami came out on top, as everybody expected. It, Went to a shootout, though. Yeah, I was going to say, as everybody expected, including me, especially when we saw uh, Miami's form once Messi came to town. It, it, they were, they're obviously a different team. I mean, they're sitting right now, as we speak, in last place in MLS Conference, Eastern Conference standings. I think now, they might even for now. I think they might even be worst overall if you look at both the Western Conference from a points per, per game standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, uh, I was I watched the game on Saturday night. Um, you know, Messi scored a, a brilliant goal. I can't remember how many minutes in. I, I think it was you almost expect him to score five minutes into the game. I think it took him 20, 25 minutes to score. I could be wrong about that. But nevertheless, it was an amazing Galazzo. It was just a banger mm-hmm. from distance. Um, defenders around him, but not, they gave him too much space and he just knocked it up into the corner, unstoppable from the goalkeeper. So I kind of, I, I figured that'd get the ball rolling snowball, you know, Miami comfortably wins three, four, nothing, but that was not the case. In fact, Nashville came back with a goal of their own and then managed to play pretty well. Quite frankly, Nashville did, um, you know, maybe we don't have to feel as, I don't know what you want to use embarrassed, you know, the, the five nil drubbing that Minnesota experienced in Nashville, but I'll tell you what, Nashville looked really good, went all the way to the shootout, and uh, it was a good shootout, exciting game, and yeah, a great finish to the tournament. I feel like, you know, the first game I watched of the tournament was was Miami on that Friday night, Messi's uh, debut for the team, and then it finished in the final with him scoring, you know, I, I guess it wasn't the game winner, but, uh, you know, scoring a goal. What do you have, 10, 10 goals in that tournament? Um, you know, yeah. let's... Uh, mentioned bongi was second with seven uh oh. but uh, yeah it, it was a tremendous end of the tournament and i and i just think uh you know as far as you know the people there were some complaints about the tournament um i'm sure the liga emekis teams they can complain about it because all the games were up here they were ha- having to travel for a long time but overall mm-hmm. successful tournament we'll see how the next editions of this tournament go well speaking of the next edition dave uh don garber did come out and say they will not be playing games in Mexico during this tournament. Did he say so, that, or did he say it, they would they wouldn't play in multiple countries? Meaning they wouldn't play games in Mexico and the United States. I think he said they wouldn't be playing in Mexico. Okay, then I might I I only saw paraphrase comments. I didn't see his comments directly, but I I was a little disappointed 
with that comment, whether it's we won't play in Mexico, especially if it's we won't play in Mexico. But he basically he basically hinted at that. If he didn't say it, he said we're not going to play it in multiple countries. And before we came on, we were talking about the fact that, you know, if if you can if Minnesota can travel to, you know, Houston for a match, they can travel to say mm-hmm. Torreon, you know, for a match. It's not that much more difficult. Um, I guess it's a little there logistically, it's it's a little more of a hassle, especially when you're dealing with um, maybe a lot of the team team, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't have their green cards or this or that, I get that, but it's doable, true, true. but it is disappointing to hear because I, I or I'm, we don't need to spend all night on this or why not? I, mean, I know multiple people have brought this up, but why can't you have it at like a select few stadiums, you know, where you t- kind of yeah. take away the home field advantage for everyone, not just Mexico, but anyways, exactly right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens the next time the tournament comes around. Um, also, just want to mention that the list, I don't know if this was an actual list or if some writers were coming up with their own list, but I saw some uh, team of the tournament names and Bong, like Bongi and Ray were on those team of the tournament uh, okay. lists, so, I, which is yeah, not surprising. I, no, it shouldn't be. Obviously, Bongi, seven goals scored in the tournament. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I'd call it his coming out party, but really he he had, he had a, he had a, he has had a great start to this season as well. So, but I, I the one I saw only had a starting eleven, and so of course Bongi, of course Bongi was on that. The one so that one I, I didn't list like a bench, and so I didn't see Reynoso's name. So that kind of upset me because, quite frankly, yeah, Bongi gets the headlines with the seven goals, but without Reynoso throughout this tournament, first of all, Bongi wouldn't have seven goals. And uh, Reynoso played tremendous throughout the tournament, which is yeah. interesting to get into tonight or last night's game. But so we got that. Um, we in Minnesota are looking forward to a couple days of really, really fucking hot weather. Mm. And I yes. wish, I wish, I wish David was here to talk about the weather in Florida because he could tell us, you know, how his weather is going. Oh. I think David is here. Oh, wait, wait, David. How is the weather in Florida, David? How is it? Hi, Dave and Tony. The weather is great down here in Florida. Oh, thank you, David. Well, fantastic. <clears throat> Thanks for jumping on and telling us the wow. weather is great. He really yeah. didn't have to do that in the middle of his, you I mean, know, his wife's no. birthday dinner. My goodness. Well, thanks, David. No, no. Well, you know, he, 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 you know, he's nice. He wants to come on and say another thing. Oh, do you have one more thing to say, David? Do you want to say something else? Heath out. Oh, Heath out. So that's mm. what he wanted. He wanted to get that. Uh, wanted to get that in there before, before he left. Well, thank you, David, for joining us. I, I thought maybe he was going to cool on that Heath out after uh, uh, after the run Minnesota made in the uh, League's Cup, and then also uh, you know last night. So, but no, apparently not. Yeah, I mean that's that's just that's just David though. I mean that's just he's Heath out going through. So, um, yeah, no, I I wish David was actually on today because. Uh, we could ask him about how. Well, he we know how he feels about the hot weather. He deals with it every freaking yeah. well, day down there, and they've the, been they've been relatively cool down there the past couple of days. So, oh, oh, a couple of days. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, I guess the heat wave is really what the Midwest and south mm-hmm. of here, Missouri, stuff like that. But uh, I was gonna say, I don't think he he wouldn't have any time to listen to us bitch about the weather because, quite frankly, what we're gonna experience here in the next few days is still not. It's not, I mean, it's, we're, we're getting, we're approaching what he has to deal with, but it's still not as bad as what he's had to deal with for a good majority of this summer already. So, 
going to be near 110 when you take in the dew points and shit tomorrow and Wednesday. We, so, oh, in uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good day to stay inside and uh, stay in the air conditioning as much as possible. Um, What else? Oh, yes. Before we get into last night's game, we have one more thing to talk about, and then we'll get to the beers after that. Um, uh, Dr. Dr. McGuire, owner of the, uh, of Minnesota United had a little presentation the other day. Uh, they're talking about all the land around the stadium that he's kind of, he owns the team owns all that stuff. And one of the things they promised to do when they built the stadium was to reinvigorate around the stadium, right? take out the mini mall that was there, all the other stuff is going on, turn it into something that the community could be proud of, fans could be excited about. And that hasn't happened. No. Now, I've seen some people on social media, and I understand their concerns. A lot of these people on social media live in that area. I don't, so I'm not there every day. I understand what they're saying is this, this should have been done a while ago. But on the flip side, we did have covid we did have the George Floyd uh, whole situation. So I think that kind of, you know, moved everything out a little bit in terms of when this shit could be built. Yeah. But he's finally getting around to it. It looks like phase one. Well, they already have, are building this uh, sculpture garden. Um, and they're already, they're building a playground next to the stadium for kids, a uh, 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 disability accessible stadium or stadium, sorry, uh, uh, playground. And the big thing is on the front, uh, where the front lawn, is, well, the Great Lawn is at, uh, was it be north of the Great Lawn on University will be a new hotel. Interesting. They're putting a hotel there uh, with a with a restaurant underneath it or in it, uh, and also with parking underneath. Uh, also on the, I think it would be the west side of the of the building. They're putting an office building in there, and the goal from what uh, McGuire said was that the uh, Loon's uh, headquarters would then be in that office. So Loon's headquarters right now, I think, is out off of 55 somewhere in like Golden Valley, I think. Golden Valley, something like that. And they want to move the office into close to Allianz Field, which makes sense. I mean, why sure, wouldn't you? Sure. Um, so yeah, so there, that's the first two. There's some other stuff that's kind of down the ways a little bit, uh, but it's a good start. Yeah, uh, and it, yeah, it is because it does feel overdue. But yeah, Tony, you know, you, you're, what you said was accurate. I mean, now you look at Allianz, you know, first game at Allianz Field was what, April of 2019. And so mm-hmm. it was a matter of months. COVID hit, shut everything down, shut everybody's plans down completely mm-hmm. for a significant period of time. So, yeah, it feels it feels like it's long overdue. But yeah, when you factor that in, which I wasn't before you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So hopefully because, you know, that. That kind of development in that area, like you, you mentioned the hotel, I didn't hear that, but um, that, that you know, that that area is kind of lacking that. And I mean, it's literally midway. It's midway between St. Paul and Minneapolis. So and it's right off light rail transportation. So it does make sense. And once you start building, you know, large properties like that, you know, it can it can lead to hopefully a lot of good things. Well, you also area. get, well, bu- you know, businesses you know, home values for that matter in that area. Sure. It, 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 let's hope it's just nothing but positive. So 
Well, I also think that you get um, away fans coming to those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that now being able to have a stadium right next to or a hotel right next to the stadium, instead of staying somewhere along the light rail and kind of figuring it out, now you got a you have a hotel right there you can stay at. Um, and you know, from a from an aesthetics point of view, that area really needs to be kind of like turned into something more yeah. than just the stadium. You know, agreed. And look, and look, just this is like I'm just popped in my head. But if you look at you know what the Vikings did when they built their new training facility down in Egan, there really mm-hmm. wasn't much in there wasn't much there in that space. I can't remember what was. I feel like it was an old business, but no, it was uh, nope. It was the old uh, Northwest Airlines headquarters. Oh yes, of course. Okay, how mm-hmm. could I forget that? It wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And anyways, my point is, you know, they built a big Omni hotel, literally, you know, right next to the training facility. They, you know, they've got the museum, they've got a wonderful, you know, training ground and then everything else there. And so now that area, you know, that popped up nice little area. So same thing could happen in Midway and, and you know, potentially the growth could even bigger, be bigger because of the location there in St. Paul and Midway. So. It's, a, it's a great location. I think that's going to go well. Uh, again, I understand some of the people who are upset about it, but then again, I say progress takes time, people. It doesn't happen overnight, and uh, we'll get there hopefully. Now, if if Doctor McGuire doesn't come through with some of this shit, there's going to be Pitchfork Nation is going to come out and start, you know. So hopefully, he comes through. The other thing that came out of I don't know if it was that or another. I think it was that. Speaking of that Pitchfork little, Nation, yeah, that little conference he had. <laughs> uh, he had a statement. He says, and this is a quote from him. I think what fans want is, one, a great experience. I don't think that a majority of people expect to go and watch a win every single game. Uh, that's just that's just crazy. It's Why would you say I don't, that? I don't know if that was taken out of context or what, but it doesn't sound right. I mean, okay, do I expect the Loons to win every match that I go to? No. no. But, I mean, the way... I, I just don't, that's not something I would say out loud. It, it sounds very odd. And first of all, as an owner, no, I would never say something like that as an owner. Yeah, no, no, it, it's, it's really odd. And hence the reaction that comment got once it, it spread around, because it's, I mean, first of all, I think David pointed out, I mean, first of all, don't you think part of that great experience is when you're at Allianz field and you get to listen to the crowd singing, you know, Wonderwall? That, huh? <laughs> Don't you think part reason, of a great experience is winning games like that? That's the reason I, I go. It's so odd. Yeah, I don't. It's 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 almost like that's why the comment is just a little mind bending to me because it's almost like I just don't get it. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. Win a win. That's what we're going there for. Wins. Like if you told me, Tony, hey, you want to go to the match? You know, you know, next Sunday afternoon uh, yeah. against Seattle. But, uh, by the way, they're going to lose that match. But do you want to go? Guess what? I'd probably say. You probably <laughs> the, say no. Well, but maybe I would, I, I would say it's going to be, but it's going to be a great experience. So why wouldn't you go? <laughs> I guess there's a few other you things know? that maybe you could make it into a great experience. But you yeah, know, it's I, just I, don't 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 get me wrong here. It is a great experience. All Hands Field is a great oh, experience. 100%. I t- I tell I have friends and coworkers that are not soccer fans at all, like at all. You know, mm-hmm. but I keep telling them you just need to go there just to soak in that atmosphere and the experience. So they've done that. 
but the way he phrased it was just poor, I think. And because, mm -hmm. yeah, and winning it, 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 what bothers me is when you read a comment like that is one of my one of the things that bothers me is the fact that, well, wait a minute, it makes me now a little bit concerned. Does that mean that winning is not your top priority? As an owner, because you're going to if you want to build a successful franchise, you know, team, it's got to start with winning. Right. Well, and this is the thing. And and I hate to say it out of the ownership groups in this in this area, major league ownership groups. I think only the Wilfs are uh, owners that are like ready to go the extra mile to win the the super bowl right they're willing to put the money in they're willing to put the effort they're willing to you know build a whole new training facility down in you know egan they're willing to do all this shit to make this team as good as it possibly can be and of course they're making a shitload of money on the deal too i look at a guy like uh uh like taylor glenn taylor of the timberwolves not a not saying he doesn't spend money he just doesn't want to spend money especially over the luxury tax to win a championship i look at the minnesota wild you know, they they're not spending any money. They can't. They don't have any money to spend. The twins, I mean, yeah, Polad's son owns a team now. He's just like his dad. He doesn't want to spend. He wants to show act like he's spending some money, but he's really not spending any money. Uh, I look at then I look at uh at the at the loons with McGuire, and I go, dude, you should be spending a ton of money. Well, not a ton, but you're spending more money on this team than you actually are, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you should be, yeah. you're, you, you can't ride on the coattails of Allianz field. No, no. Forever. Right. Perfect. You just can't. Per well, well said, because yeah, I mean, he's first of, yeah, he, he's gotten lucky in the sense that Allianz field opened in 2019. It was part of the three-year plan. It, it's mm -hmm. kind of gone exactly according to plan. Now look, the, the loons have made the playoffs the last four years. Now, <laughs> A lot of us, we won't just accept making the playoffs. But what if things could turn pretty easily? You know, what mm -hmm. if this team misses the playoffs? What if this team has a really, really, really bad season, like a basement, you know, type ceiling or, or uh, season? And that that could put a that could really kind of sour it pretty quick, especially after yep. you know the whole Allianz Field thing wears off. Which I mean, we'll yep. see. But yeah, I, I just long term. That's how you got to be thinking about long term. And when you see a comment like that, it makes you question everything. So, yeah, you ain't bringing fans in to see the loons when they're zero and ten to start the season just because Allianz Field is a great experience. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, you've used all that great experience, uh, all those great experience tokens up. Most of the people who want to come to Allianz Field have already come to Allianz Field for the experience. Now you got to keep fans of the team coming to these games, right? Your time of your your time of Allianz Field being a great experience is almost up in terms of being a new stadium. You know, it's just the way it is. Yep. Um, so uh, we'll see how that play. Well, we know how it played out on social media, so uh, we'll we'll see how you know things happen here. But yeah, so let's talk about beers before we get into the uh, game last night. Speaking of experiences. Uh, Allianz Field is known to have a great number of good, great beers, uh, expensive beers, of course. Yeah, uh, very... beers that beers that make me uh, uh, file for bankruptcy every time I go. Uh, so that happens. Just you know, just yeah. Obviously, went went to a match earlier. I, I will say I've been to a few Twins games now this year, and and realized that 
it's not just it beers are expensive everywhere target field you're you're paying a pretty pretty penny as well especially if you you dive into that craft beer arena so exactly uh i'll go first tonight because i stopped by a favorite of ours right by my work i stopped by heavy rotation brewing company up there in brooklyn park and i picked up there too tired which is their american wheat ale and it's pretty much a typical american wheat ale it's at five percent it is fantastic a little hoppiness to it but it goes down pretty smooth i'm enjoying it immensely um so yeah it's another great beer from uh from heavy rotation and uh I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Stopping up there. They've got a great uh, atmosphere. There we go. Atmosphere. There we go. Um, <laughs> they got the free video game going on. They got pull tabs. Monday is happy hour all day. It's $2 off for a, a howler and a dollar off your beers. So stopping up there on Monday, they got a great little patio going on. It's, it's fantastic. They do have <laughs> also September 18th, I believe, they have their Oktoberfest happening. So I'm excited to see exactly what that entails. So maybe I'll stop up there for that. I don't know. Good, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, so, um, uh, I was, yeah, as, as I was sad to see Blue Wolf go leave Brooklyn Park, but uh, just, you know, this re- heavy rotation ever since it opened, we were there, you know, it's opening weekend. I love that place. Great ownership, great people. Um, the tap room's nice, open. Mm-hmm dog friendly uh just everything about it is great i just, they do a great job and th- i it feels like they're they're doing well as well so you know every time i go in there they've got good crowds and good people so yeah mm-hmm. it, it's awesome great to see it again that they have stuff going on all week they have open mic nights they got bands playing they got food trucks um those owners those three owners have done a great job promoting the shit out of this co- out of this brewery getting a lot of things going on there. It's, it's been fantastic. So um, yeah, get up there if you can. Dave, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I've got uh, something different. I know, you know, remember last week I was, I actually had a hard seltzer, which I rarely, rarely drink. So I kind of wanted to continue that trend of something different. Uh, I've been, you know, too many hazy IPAs, which have been great this summer and refreshing. But uh, so, yeah, I, I did go, way different not something um that i i like i don't like but i uh, haven't had it in a while i ended up going with a uh chocolate peanut butter porter so now of course you know that's something i would like i like porters and stouts but i feel like i just haven't drank as much as i did say two years ago or whatever when now, i really started to get into it can i can i say something dave mm-hmm. if we were doing this podcast tomorrow when it's I 110 but, i would have been like what the fuck are you doing but it's not that hot today, so I'll let it no. slide this time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's compared to what we're going to see uh, the rest of this week. It's actually relatively cool. I think when on my way home from work, it was only like mid-70s. So, so on this cool August night, I am drinking a uh, peanut butter porter. And I ended up getting, so not, got full disclosure, not a new brewery and not a new beer. In fact, I've had this beer before. I feel like I haven't featured it on a podcast. I might have featured it on this podcast before, but uh, if I had, it's been a while. So I ended up getting a beer from uh, Waconia Brewing Company. So, And I mentioned it's their chocolate peanut butter porter. And I'll tell you what, 
it's been a while. And when I just first poured it into the glass, the smell is just unbelievable. Maybe because I'm hungry, didn't get a chance to have dinner before we started this That's podcast. Right. But oh, 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 oh shit. <laughs> tell me what the alcohol percentage is on that I'll, bad boy. I'll tell you right now, it's 6.4%. So it's not crazy. It's not crazy. But you, it, it, you haven't eaten, but you haven't eaten yet, Dave. That's as good yeah, as true, true. That's I had a late lunch. I had a late lunch, put it that way. Mm, mm. I think I ate my lunch at 2 30 this afternoon. So <laughs> could could be worse. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling at the end of the podcast. But yeah, so anyways. This is um, if if you haven't tried it or you haven't been to Waconia Brewing Company, I actually got out there for the first time last summer. Um, it's a nice, nice uh, tap room. This has been a fan favorite. It's one of their flagship beers that they always have on tap in the tap room. And not only that, if you can find it in your local liquor store like I did, it's one that they usually will always have there. Only problem being it's so prop- popular, they have a hard time keeping it on tap or in stock sure. because it's been... Um, it's been one of their most popular since 2016, basically when they introduced it. But like I, I mentioned, the smell, um, just super, super easy drinking. It's not, it's not like I said, 6.4 percent. That's not terrible for a porter. It's not uncommon, I think, to see porters a little stronger than that. So this one isn't going to hit you over the head. Um, so yeah, just I can't say enough about this beer. And maybe I'm just super excited about it because I haven't had a porter or even a stout in i don't it feels like a year but it's been a while so it's been nice to get back to something different so mm. yeah well good highly good for you, highly recommend it yeah nice um before we move on to the match i did want to mention we are now one week away from my annual trip to the minnesota state fair the great mm-hmm. minnesota get together hopefully dave you can make it we'll yeah see. we'll see it's fit i wasn't in the office today i was up at our production mm-hmm. center working but in elk river but uh We'll see. I maybe I'll know as early as tomorrow or Wednesday if I can make Hope it. So. But uh, I would Hope certainly so. love to so. experience that with you. Our friend Nels might make it potentially. Uh, he is texting me. He's coming back from Vegas the day before. He might be able to sneak out of work early and meet up with me. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll be there uh, next weekend on the podcast if I remember because we'll be doing this podcast on Sunday night. Right at probably right after the Loons game ends, I think. Makes sense. Um, I will be going through a list of beer, new beers that I will be trying to taste at the Minnesota State Fair. So you don't want to miss that because it's a it's a big list. I mean, not a big list for me, but a big list of new beers. So there's there's certain beers I want <laughs> to get to that uh, look delicious. I'm not going to drink all 64 new alcoholic drinks at the State Fair. It's not going. I wouldn't happen. recommend it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, of course, I if, I, if if I go, if I end up being able to go with you uh, on Monday, I'm sure between the two of us, we could hit all 64, no problem. But oh, yeah, we could. Yeah. If my wife lets me do that. Uh, but uh, I, I remember before we get into this game quickly, I remember it must have been, maybe it was like, is it eight years ago, 10 years ago when they started having craft beers out of the Minnesota State Fair? And he'd be like, oh, here's five new beers this year. Like, me donut beer was a big thing at ballpark cafe for a couple of years. And then the Minnesota craft brewers guild got involved and put in that craft brewing place where you can get the, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the samples or whatever. And then all of a sudden it just blew up. Like everybody started doing it. And now this year, 64, 64 wow. new alcoholic beverages yeah. at the state fair is amazing. Yeah, you're right. It feels like they've been doing that at least the last couple of years. Um, but that that's the way you go into the craft beer building 
yeah, you aren't, don't drink 64 12 ounce beers, but maybe you can go have, you know, a flight where they give you four mm-hmm. so you can get four, four ounce beers or whatever they, they are in those little cups. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about those flights too, is they're rotating. So, mm-hmm. so one day they might have this rotation from these breweries and the next day it's from these breweries, the next day it's from these breweries. And it's always different, you know, different rotations going on. So that's the nice thing about that, that flight. So, all right, I'm getting excited for the state fair. Um, right. so I can't talk about I can't talk about more. Um let's talk about the game last night, Dave. Yeah, was against NYFC. NYCFC. NYCFC. Sorry about that. Uh it was at uh City Field. It was, yeah. Which is the shittiest stadium to watch a soccer game in. I, I've <sighs> seen it a long time. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I turned on. Yeah, when I started watching the match, it just it's just you're it's not easy on the eyes trying to watch a soccer match in a baseball stadium. It's just the angles. First of all, the television angles aren't great. And certainly if you're on that pitch, you can see the infield, you know, mm-hmm. which they grassed over. They they have turf on it, but it's, it's just not pleasant. You know, I can't imagine it's great from a fan perspective if you're at City Field. I've never actually been to City Field so I can't speak on it. I'm sure it's a nice baseball stadium. It's relatively new, but yeah, they they host college football games there. They I believe mm-hmm. they host college bowl games there as well. Obviously, they is host it, NYCFC there, but yeah, it isn't isn't City Field in Flushing's New York. It's I think it's in Queens. Is it or, or is it is in Queens? I think so. I could be wrong, but I I feel it's like it's Flushing, Queens. I could look it up real quick. I I, I feel like it's like. Again, we, we've talked about stadiums, uh, soccer teams playing in football stadiums and on on AstroTurf or the fake field or whatever. This is like somehow even worse than that. This is like, I, don't, I saw pictures of the game last night, Dave, showing fans in the seat stadium that were like at least 50 yards away mm-hmm. from the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's just crazy. And the, line, and the other problem, too, is the lines for the baseball field, this is going to come into play when we talk about that there's an offsides like we probably won't talk about this offsides, but there was an offsides that happened, and the announcers on Apple TV were like, "Well, this one the the, the woman announcer was like, well, look at the lines in the field, they're on the <laughs> yeah. same line." I'm like, "Hold the phone here, those lines aren't right though. Right, they're like right. they're like crosswise, right? No, they're, they're not, not like they're not straight. They're not right. straight." I'm I'm glad she brought that up because I mean, well, I mean maybe that was part of the problem I was having when watching this match. It just didn't look right. It wasn't, it it was not easy on the eyes. I think that's part of the reason because no, they're not. The lines are not there. They they didn't mow the the lines for the the soccer match having last night. They mowed them for when the New York Mets are playing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Watching, watching a soccer game in, in a baseball stadium, not pleasant. And it it just has a weird look to it, but it is what it is. At least, at least we can say at least or I we at least they can say you know they have secured you know a new stadium probably a few years away at least I think I can't remember when it was but so it's not permanent but yeah. I was half I was half expecting Mr. Met to come out and be like hey <laughs> Mr. Met I'm here for the, the soccer everybody yeah 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 no didn't happen uh so let's get in this game the lineups were pretty much the same that we saw during the end of the league's cup except for except for the fact that now because we have because the sniper is back Jan Gerges is back we can actually put Hassani Dotson at the midfield with Will Trapp and we can put Rosales up 
on one of the wings, which is nice. yeah. But I mean, yeah, was, you know, Dotson and Trap in that pivot in the midfield. I mean, that wasn't uncommon, and we saw that in League's Cup. So that that's not new, um, mm-hmm. at least you know, especially since especially since um, Ariaga went out. Which you know, I guess we might as well bring it up now. During speaking of Ariaga, um, I guess his meniscus injury is not as severe as Robin Lude's. And potentially Ariaga could make a return uh, if the loons make the playoffs. Essentially, that's what he said. It could be late October. So, but certainly better news than what we heard initially. Sounded like it was a, a, a severe injury. He wouldn't be back anywhere near before he he would. It sounded like he would. He was in danger of even missing uh, early next year. So positive news there. But as we get in this game, we're going to have to start talking about maybe potential changes to the lineup because of due to injury. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Dawson yeah. trapped in the midfield. Yeah, ever since Ariaga gone down, that's that's kind of what, what is, you'd expect. I, I think, I mean, I think Bristol got a start in the League Cup, but Bristol got the start at at, at the, the left fullback position, and then Rosales got the start at left wing. I mean, if you want to raise your eyebrow, it would be, okay, Frank Capane is on the bench, but based on how uh, Joseph Rosales looked in that actually left fullback yeah. position, I don't think it's shocking to see Rosales get to start at left wing. So yeah, I, I guess a, that was, that was the only kind of change we hadn't seen Rosales at the, you know, at the left wing back position. Remember so. we had, we had the, we had the rumor, the theory that David had that Fragapani was being shopped at the, at the transfer window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's just cause he's injured and it's a poor play. Now I get a feeling that Fragapani is just in like he's doghouse. I mean, he, he, he might be, um obviously the injury didn't help him he was basically out for a full month and yeah, yeah i mean quite frankly uh, frank Apani, he's been a, a good player for this team since he came here but honestly his performance i think over the last since he came back from injury and maybe that is part of it but it has not been what you know what we've been accustomed to seeing it's not been great so anyways joseph rosales certainly deserves you know another start you know he's been he's been in good form too so and that's how they leave it. So, um, we start this match off, Dave. I, I, I'm telling you, the first, I think the first half for me was all a lot of New York, uh, doing their thing, and us just kind of trying to counter that. Our defense took on a lot of shots. Our defense took on a lot of uh, uh, opportunities, which we, of course, uh, got through, but. Was that the same way to you? Did you seem like the first yeah. half was kind of like just a lot of New York doing that yes. and us kind of like not looking like we're trying to be too aggressive, just trying to kind of yeah. get our chances where they were, and that's that. It's weird. It it, it was that uh, yeah. In a nutshell, it was, and I think maybe we shouldn't be surprised. You know, we we all know Minnesota is more of a counter attack team, and. Mm-hmm. That's just the way this club has been since he's got here. That's fine. And and NYCFC, they're definitely much more of a possession team. They 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 they're they're on the ball a lot better. They're used to holding, you know, better than 50% possession. I think the the numbers were close to 60-40. I think we were Minnesota ended the game like at 37% possession. But so it's weird. We shouldn't, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Like if I the, the first half in general felt fairly flat. Minnesota but if you're a counter counter-attacking team I guess that's what you better expect this it was a little weird in the sense that I think we saw a little bit more from this club in the league's cup run that they had and so we saw a lot a lot more 
a lot more counterattack. A lot. More, I'm not going to go so far as to say they were they're a possession team in that cup because they weren't, but it just it felt they didn't feel as flat through most of those games. Um, maybe Chicago being the exception, but this game, yeah, was incredibly flat. Other than maybe the first five minutes, it quickly mm-hmm. flipped, and it just it felt it just felt off from a Minnesota standpoint. There there was no serious attacks. I, I mean, I think Bongi. Bongi, Bongi and Pookie had a couple opportunities together. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, no. Pookie made a couple runs. He opened up space, got the ball to Bongi. Bongi missed a couple attempts that maybe he would have liked to do have back because we saw him finishing those those mm-hmm. uh, opportunities in the Leeds Cup. But yeah, it was just it was a weird half. It wasn't. It didn't feel great. I felt that Minnesota was kind of lucky to get into halftime nil nil, honestly, mm-hmm. because yeah, you're right. I think New York had the better opportunities, but maybe may, may, I'm, t- I'm complaining about Minnesota being flat, but maybe NYCFC was flatter. I think NYFC had some opportunities, but they weren't as good as some of the opportunities we had. Um, mm-hmm. I think we had some chances, but again, Bongi had a great chance that he missed uh, a nice setup from, from Pookie on one of those. Uh, speaking of Bongi, let's talk about Bongi a little bit here because in the it was a 32nd minute, he gets a hard foul uh, from James Sands, and Bongi went down, and then he uh, he got back up. Uh, but then a couple minutes later, he went down again, and then he was off the pitch, and that was that. Yeah, not um, not good, not good. I, but, I, I when it when it first happened, I was hope not hoping. I don't hope for somebody to be in pain. But I mean, I was kind of maybe he just took a knock to the shin, something like I, that. I saw pictures after the game of Bungie supposedly signing autographs in the tunnel coming off the pitch. Yeah, and he was on his. He wasn't being supported by anybody, so hopefully it's, it was just a knock, and he's good to go. We're um, we're not we're not going to know much. Like as we record, they're probably you know they probably examined him once he got back to Minnesota. Had a chance for team doctors uh, to take a look. The one thing. Heath did mention in his post-game presser was that I think Bongi told him that he felt something in his knee. So that's, you don't want to hear that. So that doesn't sound great. Um, and then I, there was some inflammation from what I heard. So that isn't great news to hear that, but who knows? We, as we record, we don't know. It doesn't sound great, but we can't, let's, let's move on because we don't know. We'll just have to see what we see, but yeah. So that, that Uh, was, that was sad to see. But, but the weird thing about this, Bongi coming off, so you think maybe they bring in uh, Shroudy, uh, maybe somebody else. Nope, they bring in Jan Gregus, uh, which means that uh, Dotson moves up to the right wing, which is crazy. So he's played he's played midfield for the first 30, 40 minutes. Now he's going to play right wing. You know, which we talked about uh, Dotson before. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife in terms of where he can play. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he moves the right wing. We get the sniper back in the midfield, which is uh, <laughs> crazy to see. I Honestly, thought that I, we'd I, never I, never see him again. But no, I, I certainly didn't. I didn't want to see you know a long way go off, but it was really kind of cool to see to mm-hmm. see um, Young Gregorius make his uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. return. That 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 was. Kind of exciting. So silver lining for sure. It's not great, but anytime somebody has to go off with an injury, but that was kind of interesting to see. So but, we uh, move, we move out of the first half. We go into the first yeah, half. That's zero nil nil. 
Yeah. Nil, nil. And like I said, I just want to continue on a point I made earlier. I kind of felt like um, Minnesota was maybe lucky to mm-hmm. to go into halftime nil, nil. It, it was a weird game. Yeah, okay, fine. We're going to play a counterattacking. The, the, they had a couple moments, like you mentioned, Tony. But great. It, it was an odd game from Reynoso. Very odd game in general, but certainly the first half continued in the second half. Reynoso was not involved it, it felt like he wasn't involved obviously as a 10 you're going to be involved but he had a very quiet game especially coming off the performance that he had in league's cup it, it was just a weird game it was he didn't he, was, I th- he wasn't I think a he was, factor i think he was being doubled a lot i think they oh tripled I think, I think, at times yeah, tripled yeah. Time. and i think one of the things you saw in the first half of this game was uh new york was really junking up that midfield and we weren't getting the ball out to the edges as much as we should have been. And, and so when he junked that midfield up, and we've talked about this before, Adrian Heath's whole thing, his tactics are that he relies on dribbling. He relies on guys like Reynoso to make dribbles to lose guys. Well, when you got two or three guys coming at you, it's pretty tough to make misses of two or three guys and then continue your run. So mm-hmm. that's what New York was kind of doing. They were forcing the action, pressuring a lot on on on, on uh, Ray. I think, and yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a great yeah. game. Yeah, no, he didn't. And the game, you know, the game kind of changed. You know, earlier in the game, it seemed like it was kind of the game was kind of flowing through through Bongi on the left side. You know, and 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 Pugi was involved. Certainly, unfortunately, didn't really make anything of his opportunities. Pugi, that is, but Bongi as well. And then it kind of shifted. The game really shifted once Jan Gregus came in. And I think the good news is it shifted for the positive once Gregus came in, which which was a surprise to probably a lot of people. I mean, I know we had talked about Gregus as may, mainly maybe being like the third option in the midfield. I think that's going to change due to injuries. But it was great to see Gregus come in and actually make an impact. Uh, one thing that I – I mean, he passed the eye test. Um, never mind his goal that we'll get to. But he passed the eye test. Uh, one thing I was surprised, like Minnesota didn't really have a great uh, passing attack. That was, I guess that's part of the problem, you know, on the counter there, there wasn't very successful, at least early in the match passing in general is fairly poor. In my opinion, David would probably call it terrible, but Jan Gregus, he was actually, he, he came in obviously what, what minute was that? 23rd, 20, whatever. 40, 40th, something like that. So yeah, 40th minute. So he didn't play a full game, but he attempted 24 passes, completed 23 of those. So he's 23 mm-hmm. of 24 in passing. Impressive to see from a guy who wasn't even, ex- I don't know if he would have even expected to play in this game last night. Yeah. And no. he comes in cold off, off, off the bench. And, and in my opinion, makes a really positive impact uh, mm-hmm. going forward for the, you know, second half. So yeah, I, it, it was great to see, honestly. I think that made a big change in, in the game. So, Well, let's get to his goal in the second half, Dave. Yeah, uh, yeah. Come out at the 53rd minute. He intercepts a pass outside the box. Uh, the loons were kind of flicking around a little bit. Uh, you know, Pookie had, Pookie had a turnover there. Uh, gets back to Jan. Jan fakes the guy out. He's got three defenders around him, but then he makes this just sniper-esque type of kick outside the box and the ball like knuckles and it's like yeah it, well i think it drops down i don't it, know if it, it, i don't know i don't think I it, think it took a deflection if, i don't think so i, I don't I think couldn't, it took a deflection. I, I i i'm gonna have to watch it again live but i i tell you what yeah I, I was joking remember earlier 
Because, yeah, like I said, he, he, he was extremely effective. He affected the game in a positive way for Minnesota, in my opinion. And, like, he had a long set piece earlier. I can't remember if it was late first half, early second. But he had a long free kick. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is poop. This uh, this is uh, young Greg Hughes's range, as you like to call him, the sniper. And it was yeah. not so great. But, yeah, this yeah. one was weird. And, and you're right. The, I think what got me is the announcers basically said, oh, it was deflected. But you're right. Looking at the replays, I can't clearly see the deflection. Deflect. I honestly can't. I anyway, he, he kicked it. He topped. He topped it a little bit. He got a little bit of a roll. I, he got something on it. You know, I, if, if it had been deflected, I think it would have gone off somewhere else. I think that this was a perfect type of just kind of over the goalies type of shot. Again, so yeah. I guess my my point is, bottom line, his goal was a little bit fluky. Whether it was deflected or not, you don't expect to see that kind of action. I'm I'm going I'm to take another look at it now. But bottom line is. It was fun. I'm going to watch it right now. Yeah, you just can't. It, 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 yeah, literally, I like how you described it knuckleball because that's what it looked like. So, okay, deflection or not, it's a bit fluky, but bottom line, Minnesota's up one nothing. And it, it's, I, I had to do a double take at this kind of stat. So, so now we're talking, what was that, 52nd, 53rd minute? So now, Jan Gregus has won in the 2023 campaign for Minnesota. He has one goal in about 20 minutes of play. Whereas, wow. <laughs> he, I think, goes. Uh, Andy Greeter pointed this out. That's why I, had, I was like, "What?" In t- that matches his career high for goals mm-hmm. in an MLS in MLS goals for uh, for a season. In 2019, yeah. he had one goal in I think over 2,600 minutes. In 2020, he had one goal in 1,600 mm-hmm. minutes, and then in 2020, he didn't have a goal. So yeah. before he kind of fell out of form for this club, but yeah, just impressive. It's got to do. It's got to boast well for his confidence, especially with, like I said, the way he played. You know, he stepped right in, and and it was interesting because he basically, when they completed this trade with Nashville, you know, he was ineligible to play in the League's Cup, so he had basically spent a month not playing, um, or close to a month not playing. And even when he was in Nashville, if you go back and look at his games, which I did, didn't play, didn't play much in Nashville. Nope. You know, he, he was off the bench. So for him to just step in cold, uh, I, there's no. Well, he he knows the system, though. He knows what he true, wants to do. That is so, true. I mean, that's yeah. it makes sense to get him. Um, after that goal, we're up 1-0. Uh, the big thing from this, though, was a couple minutes later, we have uh, Ray getting a yellow card. And then, right, what was it like? A couple minutes after that. They, he, he subs Ray out. I mean, Keith is done with Ray. Now, Ray had taken yeah. a couple knocks during the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wonder if it wasn't more about, like, well, I don't want to get him injured, but he's also on a yellow card, so I don't want to see him get a red. Yeah. So let's yeah, get maybe, him out of here. It, it was interesting. Maybe the yellow was – maybe that's part of it. You know, he was – for, you know, credit NYCFC for maybe taking him out of this match, but he had – he really didn't have – you know, he wasn't involved too much. So maybe that was part of it. He wanted, they wanted, maybe Heath was trying to force NYCFC's hand and trying to do something to, differently to defend the club. You know, now that, okay, they can't focus on Ray, they're going to have to do something different. So, but now yeah. what happens? Surprise, now what happens surprise, to surprising to see that substitution. But remember, he's played like he basically played a majority of the minutes in the league's cup for the last month. So, but now what happens? We bring in Sang Bin. Yeah. And so, so Sang Bin rolls up. So now, 
uh, Dotson rolls to the attacking midfield. Yeah, I, yeah, more or less, pretty much. Yeah, because I you, I mean, Pookie did. Who was that? Oh, it was Ray for stuff. Ray, it was Reynoso off saying Ben on. Yeah, so because mm-hmm. I would imagine saying Ben would be more in the the, the right wing position. So, yeah, yeah. So there we go. So nice played three three uh, oh, different positions, and, and we and we've seen that before from him. So mm-hmm. it, it does kind of make sense, and I think it it's going to be interesting this ro- yes. roster shuffle and who's available. But yeah, so let's go further in the match because we're up one 0 Let's go further. Let's go to the eighty sixth minute with the VAR decision, which oh, yes. we need to talk about. Uh, not too much, but we need to talk about this. This was it was a foul by. Tapias, I believe. Tapias, yep. yep. Well, Tapias yeah. in the box. Yeah. Supposed foul in the box. Foul was called. Penalty kick going to come. They go back to VAR. They look at it and they go, holy shit, Tapias didn't even really touch him. No, not I at mean, all. The, the dude totally just flopped. He would flop the shit out of it. I mean, credit credit to, to NYCFC player. Who was it? I can't remember who it was, but credit to him because – when I was watching it real time, I, I thought it was a foul. I did. It wasn't until the first replay I saw. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. That that that's uh, embellishment. But which okay, so this this makes let's let's talk about this now. The embellishment thing because a lot of people on on social media last night were pissed that he wasn't given a, ye- a yellow a yellow card for mm-hmm. embellishment. Yeah, and you, because and you should be. He did. You should be. You you should be pissed. I'm. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. Um, mm-hmm. I was definitely pissed. It was a miss by the referee. There's no doubt about it. The only thing I'll say again is it was a hell of an embellishment because in real time, I can't remember where the referee was, where, where he called that, you know, because he didn't take much time to pointing, you know, to the spot. It was going to be a PK. Fortunately for VAR, it was reviewed. But we do know the problem is, Tony, and I, I think you know this as well, VAR can't. They can VAR could award a red card in a different situation, but VAR cannot exactly. award a yellow yep. card. So once yep. a yellow card, yellow card was not called for embellishment. It was not yep. going to be called after the VAR. It's as simple as that. And it's mm-hmm. unfortunate for Minnesota because it should have been, but the referee didn't catch it in, in real time. Yep. And uh, yeah, so there's no VAR. The VAR calls it no foul. Can't mm-hmm. call it. For embellishment on that, which is again, that's crazy when you look at the freaking replay. It's like nuts. Uh, so sorry, Dave. I have to text my wife because the dog is going upstairs without a diaper on. All right, uh, I, just, I just want to talk. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. I, I'm going to talk about a moment that um, was oh, the moment just like a minute before that. Um, DSC, we're going to talk about him for at least a little bit. But Tapias, speaking of Tapias, Tapias almost had an own goal. I think. I think it was Tapias. Yes, um, yes. Just minutes before that, uh, it would have been an un- extremely unfortunate own goal because it was a deflection. Mm-hmm. He was away from goal, but it went mm-hmm. off. I think his right leg, and that's when, uh, if you remember, DSC made a save and basically mm-hmm. held it just off the line. You know, nearly, nearly gone. You know that nearly equalized the game prior to that. So, yeah, yes. it just goes to say what we were going to say about Dane Sinclair. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. arguably the man of the match for this game. He, I think, he made at least five saves. Some mm-hmm. really tremendous, unique saves in the first half kept this game. You know, that's why I think of getting back to what I was saying in the first half. 
surprise, maybe lucky that this game isn't, you know, level one, one at this yeah. point, maybe Minnesota's lucky. They weren't down going into halftime mm-hmm. credit to Dane St. Clair. And it's good because unfortunately Dane St. Clair, you know, we, the numbers underlying him haven't been great this year, even though we know he's a good goalkeeper, but um, it's just nice to see. I think expected goals for this game against NYCFC was for New York was over two. I think it was 2.1, something like yes. that. And obviously, Dane St. Clair had a clean sheet. So that has to say something about his performance. It does. Tony, you mentioned he made uh, Team of the Week, MLS Team of the Week, I believe. He did on the bench. Yep. Yep. And um, des- deservedly so, because he's, in my opinion, I'd love to say Jan Gregush, uh, but I think clearly man of the match for me in this one and just kept it, right. kept it scoreless it? throughout the rest of the game. Uh, final, the final thing, uh, we should say before we get out of this, uh, before we get out of this game is that the Luna Sis scored another goal in the, uh, extra time. Yeah. Uh, Mender yeah. Garcia with the goal. Uh, nice. First of all, nice kick from Sang Bin over to, uh, Shradi. Shradi with a nice feed, nice run by Mender coming through the box, kicks the ball in the net. There you go. That's your that's your closing game. Isn't game it? Right there. Isn't it nice? And you know, instead of biting your the rest of your fingernails off at the end, mm-hmm. you know, last five ten minutes, including added time, isn't it nice to just see Minnesota get the dagger? I feel like Mender was due. He he's he due a goal. Nice to see him come on. You know, at the very you know eighty first minute, mm-hmm. but and to actually contribute, score a goal. That's going to help his confidence. Just yep. I think if this game this game did have a weird feel to it. Yeah, Minnesota ended up winning 2-0. Um, but they weren't peak form, you know, a couple, you know, nope. it just didn't feel great overall. But it, don't get me wrong, it feels great to go into on the road on a Sunday night on a baseball field to to mm. to, to escape with all three points. Wonderful. Yep. But it, yeah, so it's just much better. It just so easily could have been at least at a draw for them to kind of, I don't know, steal two points from New York. Fantastic. And and good for Mender to, to put the dagger in. That was fantastic. Just a brilliant so, strike. Yeah. Get into this game, uh two nil win victory, get back up into the playoff yeah. standings in the Western conference. So we're good with that. Uh, the big thing is we got a game coming up next weekend, Dave, or this coming up mm-hmm. weekend, I should say yep, it's a fun, it's an unusual Sunday afternoon game. Yeah. Uh, we have not seen an afternoon game pretty much all. I don't think we've seen an afternoon game all year. And we we're not so that used I can recall that. for a while. We used to have at least a couple in the year. Uh, we have a three 30 match. I think it's three 30, right? It's three 30. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely three 30. I'm not sure if that's Eastern or. Uh... Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's three 30 or four 30 uh, here. It is against Seattle. The uh, Sounders, who are five points, I think five points ahead of us in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, so a nice, nice way to maybe gain some points on Seattle, jump up in those Western Conference rankings. If you look at the Western Conference standings right now, everybody's like bunched up in the middle. It's ridiculous. Uh, every week, people are going up and going down. It's like an elevator. Um, oh yeah. Oh, just just to okay, Tony. Just to clarify, it is kickoff is three fifty-five p.m. Uh, if you if you look at the schedule, it does say three thirty. Just heads up for everybody. Granted, thank goodness this game is three thirty and not nine thirty. 
It, it, and that's, I, of course, because this game, I, I thought it was that the reason is this game is also on Fox. So I don't I don't want to get into this bullshit. I, I just I don't want to today. I'm going to say okay. it very quickly. This whole fucking start the game at 330, but actual kickoffs at 355 is starting to become fucking stupid. OK, start. the. If you're going to say the game starts at 330. That's the time the kickoff is, right? Start your pregame at three o'clock then. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, if you're watching, say, a Vikings game and it says the yeah. kickoff is gonna be at, at uh noon. Noon, noon, you basically you basically turn on the channel at noon and the kickoff if if you're not careful, you you'll miss a kickoff because it basically kickoffs just a minute or two later. But yeah, baseball so- games, baseball games, seven oh five. I, That's when they throw I, the first pitch. I didn't know until 30 seconds ago, but this is the reason it's a Sunday afternoon game is because it's a nationally broadcasted game on Fox and they got to have their, I, you know, pregame. I want an explanation why they fucking do this. I want to know why well, I can this. tell you why. So well, I know why have, they do it. So the networks can have their pregame. And, and exactly. so if you, if you knew the kickoff was at three fifty five, would you turn on Fox at three thirty? No. I mean, I would, because I'm crazy. <laughs> and a but, nerd, but. okay if you really want to watch the pregame you say the kickoff's at 3 30 and you start the pregame at three o'clock yeah that's what you do yes agree you know agree i i don't this, disagree this, this bullshit now of saying well you say that, now but i feel like this has been going on for a no, while for it, the, no for it the has, nationally no, it broadcast games for national yes but for apple tv games it has not no this is the first no no, apple no, TV. no no last yeah. last year if kickoff was at Seven o'clock. It was at seven o'clock. Right, you're right. And now and it's just, at like seven thirty. Right, you're right. I mean, it, it for that's what it was. The only the reason it is is because it's nationally televised, and that I feel like has been the case for a long time. Okay, that's fine. You know, that's the loons fine. don't have a lot of nationally televised games, it's fine. but it's fine. this is one of those. It's fine. It's fine. It's I, fine. I agree with your frustration. I'm uh, just glad my, this I, game is at 3.30 and not, like I said, thank goodness oh, no this shit. game isn't in Seattle. It's at Allianz yeah. Field. If, yeah, it was no at, <laughs> if it was at Lumen Field starting at 9.30, actual kickoff yeah. time at 9.55. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, we have Seattle next weekend. Let's make some predictions. Uh, I'll go first. We have problems with Seattle. Even though it seems like we don't, we do. Uh, I'm going to say we're at home. We haven't played well at home this year. I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-2 draw against Seattle. No wonder wall. Sorry, people. Not going to happen. Dave, what do you about you? But is it going to be a great experience? It's going to be a great experience because there's going to be a lot of goals scored, but we're not going to win. Sorry. We're fine. <laughs> I just have to. I mean, for people who don't know, this is great. You're, you're, you, we haven't had great great luck versus Seattle. Yeah, that is fairly true. The uh, MLS uh, uh, in MLS play, Minnesota has one win versus a draw and eleven losses in MLS yeah. uh, since 2017. Yeah. So yeah, not yeah. good. No. You know what? Though I, I feel like this could change. Seattle is coming off a two nil loss at Atlanta. And actually, Seattle's form in the League Cup was pretty bad. And Seattle in MLS play hasn't been great, hasn't been good for a while. If you remember, Seattle started out the year pretty good, actually. You know, very good. But they've been on kind of a tailspin. 
I, you know, full disclosure, I have not watched a lot of Seattle matches. I just, I can see what I can see when I'm looking at score lines and box scores. Seattle has not been good recent. And so maybe it's the, the recency bias, but I'm going to say one nil Minnesota at home at Allianz field Two to take. Yes. So, so it'll be the second ever win against Seattle is my Crazy. prediction. I think we're going to, you know, uh, Seattle beat, beat us earlier at Lumen Field in Seattle at 1-0. I think we're going to get a 1-0 victory here at Allianz Field this weekend to even out the season series. You need to have something to eat, Dave, because that alcohol's already hit. <laughs> I can't believe it. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is. Christ, Christ. Maybe it is. All right. So, done with Loon's talk for the night. Before we get out of here, quick, funny story. Out of Chicago, guys, not Florida. Chicago. Um, naked. It's, this is the headline. Naked neighbor exposes cracks in indecency laws. Oh, boy. The headline. It's a different kind of neighborhood watch. Female residents of a downtown high rise say they've seen enough of a male neighbor who allegedly exposes himself on a regular basis in front of his windows. The claim that harassing behavior has gone on for several years. Uh, people, the women have complained to police, their building management company. They say they were told that nothing could be done because the man was inside his own home. So they turned to WGN Investigates. So this is a WGN story. Hmm. Uh, this one woman says she's gonna, she's gonna probably gonna sell her condo because she hasn't gonna deal with it. She says twenty four seven he's nude in his unit for ten to fifteen minutes a day. He will go near the windows and expose himself and touch himself, which hmm. is like totally going way too far. A second woman who was not identified kept did the law. Did you say unit, Tony? You say unit? Yeah, he said, he said unit. Yeah, did say unit. We did say unit. Yes, thank you very much. Hmm. Uh, a second woman who asked not to be identified kept a log during a recent 10-month span. By her account, the man exposed himself a total of 68 times, sometimes multiple times a day. There'd be times he'd make eye contact with me and hold up a sign of some kind. Then he'd walk with me. If I would go to my bedroom, he would go into his other room so he could follow where I was going. Women have shot cell phone videos of him, upper floors... The man's condo is not visible from the street, fortunately. Women filed police reports. Uh, said the man has waved and once held up a sign saying, come over. So he's held up a sign saying, come over here. Uh, six months ago, uh, one woman confronted him, the man in the lobby of his building. A cell phone video showed her telling him, not, not okay, it's enough. He responded, I understand. But the overexposure continued. Uh Basically, this guy has been doing this stuff for a while. Uh, WGN caught up with the man outside his building. They don't name him because he hasn't been charged with a crime. He told us he would lower his blind stop and expose himself to the women. Uh, he told us that what he told uh, the woman last fall, that he would lower his blinds. Uh, since then, the women say the blinds remain open. The man has floor-to-ceiling windows in his unit. Floor-to-ceiling. Oh, no. Floor-to-ceiling. They continue to see him naked, but not directly engage with them. This is the funny part. This is the part that gets me, okay? Not the fact, I mean, this is bad. He's exposed himself. Obviously, he's got an issue. Uh, the woman says she hopes the man, who is approximately 70 years old. Oh, no. <laughs> Save the best for last. Should I say it again? Yeah. 70 years old. Stops doing his shit and whatever. Oh, no. So, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to digest from the story. Uh, but the main issue is the dude is 70. 
Okay. I, when I've heard the story, I was imagining some guy probably in his eh, maybe late 30s, early 40s, you know, it's kind of like whatever. But 70 fucking years old and you're doing this shit. I wonder what do you I wonder what his his wife and, and children and grandchildren think about this. Hopefully they aren't staying I there. I don't think he has a wife. I don't think he has a wife. I don't think and if he has grandchildren, holy shit, I feel bad for them. Because grandpa is way, uh, swinging his dong all over the place in this condo area. And uh, there's actually video online so, of the condos. And so it, it must you know, be one of these deals where, like, when I'm thinking condo in Chicago, like, it must be people not in the same building, but maybe across a street? or Across, across right across, like, a courtyard or street, yeah. Oh, courtyard, they okay, show, maybe. They showed a video of this, and it's, it's like... They show video of where his his is at, and they and they show it's like it's it's pretty close. It's not that far away. So I mean, I I I don't I don't I don't get it. I I don't understand it. Tony, uh, that's a good thing. I don't think you should get it. If you got it, if you if you understood what he was doing, I would start to question you. <laughs> that's probably... well the the dude obviously has some problems, but seriously, yeah. man, you're seventy years old. 70 years old you're i guess what are you gonna gain out of this what are you gonna gain i don't know i was gonna say it's better than him doing this like out on the street or something but yeah if he was doing it out on the street he'd be arrested but you i i guess i didn't know that that apparently you can do whatever the heck you want in your own house even if you have like well people that can see you right into your house that that's mm -hmm. interesting now this is this is not the first time that a, a situation like this has happened in the United States, and it's been it's, in the news before. It's where because it's on. Couldn't that be that could be sexual harassment? Yeah. So what if you be, have yeah. a pane? Of, you, if you have a pane of glass in front of you, yeah, you're yeah. still doing something that offends well, other people deeply. I, I, th I think I remember a story years ago. It was a it was a guy, another guy. Was this time it was a house, an actual house. And windows on the front of his house with no blinds on. He was walking around his house naked. People walking by would see that, and they were disgusted by it. Now, this guy claims, and there was no evidence saying that he would actually go up to the window and like wave at people or whatever. This guy claims, well, he's in his house. He can do that, which I think is totally fine. If you're naked in your house and, and people can see in your house, I don't think there's really much you can do about it. It's when you go up to the window and start waving at the women, putting up signs, touching yourself, this becomes a problem then, okay? This is the problem, you know? I mean, yeah, you're, you're, making, sure. you're, making, you're making a point to show off your nudity to them, okay? I, this is mm -hmm. unbelievable, unbelievable. No, it's, it's my problem too, especially if they have video evidence, and that's my, that was my point. I'm saying, yeah, so what if you're own, in your own home? But I yeah. mean, if you're doing this specifically to target other people, it should still be considered harassment. There's one. It's one thing if you accidentally, you know, somebody accidentally sees you doing whatever through your own window. But I mean, to, to he it sounds like he's purposely doing these things to get a reaction I, that that should be a crime. I, I don't know. It's but. it's one thing if you accidentally come to the door naked for the pizza guy. Yes, exactly. That's one thing. You forget yeah. you're not wearing any clothes. Yeah, I, I get that.
it's all it's and happened I'm, to all of us i'm sure and i'm i'm sorry bob from papa john's i apologize that day I'm, i completely apologize i didn't mean to come to the door i'm just kidding <laughs> but yeah it's it's just a crazy story and 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 good god i again crazy fucking people out there crazy people so yeah after that story Anything you want to say, Dave, before we get the fuck out of here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do want to bring something up because, I mean, if anybody's yeah. still listening to us, first of all, thank you. But second, I one one quick hitter. This happened. I mean, uh, our friend Blake just, I, I guess, as we record a couple hours ago, just put something out. Pookie is now scoreless in 564 minutes. What is everyone's early feelings? One from one to four, basically. One, he just landed an MSP relax or four. You want him to take the first flight back to Finland. So I just voted. That was a poll he put on Twitter or X. I just voted two. And that's the majority of respondents. 54.5% voted two. You know, basically relax. He just landed. David yeah. uh, actually replied two and a half for me. I choose. I chose two, but two and a half at 33. He's no spring chicken. It's probably not going to get too much better. And if he goes another game, I'll be at three. So. Yeah, that was fun. Just wanted to bring that up. The flaccid fin, as I called them last last week, the flaccid fin. I don't um, endorse that yet. At least not yet. I'm endorsing. I'm kind of with I, David. Like, give me another game, and there, then I'll start. To there have them. there have been some plays. There have been some things he's done that have been good. Um, well, in general, I mean, in general, in general, like he's opened up space for Bongi. He's he's opened up space for Ray some of his runs have been good his movement off the ball has been well but yeah at at, at the end of the day especially depending on Bongi's health we're gonna we might need Pookie to be our you know leading goal scorer going forward for for the rest of so. what we got 11 games left in the season we might need Pookie. and if he keeps mm-hmm. if, if he get if you know thanks to Blake for pointing out it's been 564 minutes yep. that streak continues you know mm-hmm. this team could have a problem depending on the health mm-hmm. of the other players yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm kind of already on the downside of Pookie at this point. I'm kind of like, yeah, it is what he is. What he is, you know. I'm not expecting anything from him. Um, yeah. Well, he's a world right. class signing. So I mean, world class player. So world class player. Yeah, exactly right. World class player. We got you know. And he's got one goal, and you know, since he's been here. So and don't don't hey. uh, uh, no. it's no. I'm not. I didn't want. We don't need to go on another twenty minute conversation. We can end it there. We'll talk about it later if we have to. If we need, we'll talk about after. Talk about next week's match when he scored a goal and everybody's going against him. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right, for myself, Tony, and for Dave, we'll talk to you guys next week. And don't forget David, who jumped on in the middle of his uh, wife's birthday dinner. That was kind of handy. That was nice. That was nice. Thanks, David. Was on here. Thanks, David, for coming on here. All right, uh, go loons. Go loons.